Okay, last time. This is drugs. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? I don't see how people can honestly think that the prohibition of drugs works. Does this concern you? It should concern you. They probably started off with milk and then went to beer. And then they went to bourbon. And then they might have gone to marijuana. The gateway theory doesn't work. This is crack. The conservative government isn't making its decision based on evidence. Then what on earth are they basing it on? I got some stuff you just gotta try. What is it? Pop. You know, marijuana. But when you think about it, you can't make war on inanimate objects. You make war on people. Hey, hey everyone. Oh, we just, we went at the same time there. How are uh, you doing, Alex? I'm pretty good, Priya. How about yourself? Real good, real good. I'm just in Vancouver right now. We're in Victoria. In Victoria. <laughs> Vancouver Island, technically, so. It's beautiful here. That it is. Mm -hmm. It's quite delightful. <sighs> we uh, just watched the Canucks game. They did very well. Yes. Four to two. Woohoo! Yes. I'm sure they're going to win the Stanley Cup. Priya. We pray. <laughs> Priya, we can't get cocky. <laughs> and uh, anyways, so uh, let's describe a bit what we, we, we apologize. We meant to do some drug policy stuff here, but didn't end up working out. So at least we're podcasting. Mm -hmm. uh, and what, we've got a lot to tell you about insight. Yes, but what did we do? Just, you know, let our... Let our listeners look into our lives a little. Well, um, the first night we were here, we um, went to the Pink Bicycle to eat some burgers. It was delicious. It was a tight squeeze, you know, all of us sitting on this one pink bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, it was a tandem. It was a three-person bicycle, but, you know, eating, you know, the Pink Bicycle is a gourmet burger restaurant. Yeah, that it was yummy. Many vegan options. We also went to a petting zoo. And... I am now known as the Goat Whisperer. She was attacked by goats. I was not attacked by goats. Okay. They loved me. They loved her. They used her as a, a jumping post. They all went and jumped on my back, so it was fun. Mm -hmm. and they were adorable, like a goat the size of a chihuahua. Oh, Yeah, they were really cute, and there were some beautiful peacocks and baby piglets. Yes. Piglets. Mm. And bunnies, and so we had a little squee fest, because... <laughs> uh, if I'm not around animals for long enough, I go into a bit of a withdrawal. Mm. And uh, we saw the overweight, overfed... Priya, what are you doing with the peanut butter stuck on my keyboard? I'm scraping it off. I was saving it for later. Oh, I'm sorry. Was Brie going to lick it? <laughs> it was a treat for her. <laughs> uh, what else? Oh, we went and saw overweight, overfed seals in the harbor. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't think people should be doing that. But the seals were adorable. They're happy, and they're overweight, so... Yes, but yeah. we're, we're not going to do any fat hate here. That's not what we're about. No. And, yeah. Just been living it up. We watched The Black Swan. Uh, yes, Priya wanted to see it, and I told her. It was a disturbing movie, and I think we're both still processing. Yeah, it, but it was it was worth it. I learned a lot about myself. <laughs> what? <laughs> what not, exactly is that? Not to hate myself so much. This is, this is such a lesson. <laughs> and 127 hours, which 
I don't know, we really need to watch some very light comedy because it's like... Yeah, cause, but I learned from that movie, well, everyone should tell someone where you're going, especially if you're going off into the desert off on your own biking. Tell someone where you'll be, just in case your hand gets stuck by a boulder. And bring and a can't. sharper knife. Yeah, bring a sharper knife so that if you need to slice any, slice any of your limbs, you can do it really fast. Mm -hmm. But that's what I learned, but, um, so, you know, I gotta take that away from it. Oh, that's excellent. <laughs> and so, what is our episode about today? It is about Insight, the safe injection site in Vancouver, or BC. The supervised injection site. The supervised injection site, which is in danger right now of going under the jurisdiction of the, of the federal government. And they say that if they have power or control over it, then they're likely to shut it down because it's very controversial. But anyways, I think that's a load of bull, but we'll get into that. So, when you... Okay. First, we'll explain a bit about Insight. Just, it's one of our harm reduction programs. It's the only supervised injection site in North America. Mm -hmm. It, you know, does counseling. It has a detox program. It has needle exchange, all that's, you know, traditionally what all sorts of needle exchange programs and community health centers do across the country, except it also does supervised injection where you know, people who are addicted can, or anyone, can go with their drugs to consume them in a safe, sterile environment with clean equipment. With people who, well, it's not as even as much the clean equipment as it is you know, the area itself, and then that there's medical attention there. They've had a shitload of overdoses. Like, I think it was over 2,000? Anyway, well, we'll, we'll confirm. But a lot of overdoses and no fatalities, which is amazing because I think Quite amazing. The, all of those overdoses could have been a death, potentially especially if you're doing it in an unsafe environment in a dark alley somewhere. Yeah. So basically when you, and for a while it was, I believe, okay, sorry, I'm going on. When you understand how insight, and actually all harm reductions operate, there's a division of powers in the government. Um, Health and education are provincial, or, and things like criminal justice is federal. Now, do we at CSSDP, and here us too at Sensible Disobedience, believe that drug policy should be a criminal justice or public health issue, Priya? Public health issue. And so, we want it to be a provincial jurisdiction and so it would be treated as a health issue and it would be allowed to continue because in British Columbia, where we are now, mm -hmm. Insight enjoys quite a bit of support. But the federal, well, the conservative government wants to shut it down. I was at the Insight trial on the 12th of May and it was, the, it was packed. We didn't actually get into the courtroom, 
but we sort of sat out and they had it projected on a screen and that sort of thing. And they really, they didn't even try to argue whether or not Insight was effective, it, whether or not it worked. This uh, group known as Real Women Canada spoke sort of to oppose Insight. What? Yes. So what's their background? What is their, what are they about? Real Women Canada. Seriously? Uh, I'll show, well, I don't even really want to do them justice on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Or, no, I don't want to talk about them. Or if you're interested, just look them up. Yeah, but their views are pretty atrocious and, but also very weak. They used the argument of, they were saying, well, potentially, since I looked through their special insight special protocols for people that are 16 to 18, so children could go and inject. They kept on repeating the word children when they were referring to 16 to 18-year-olds. Hmm. I don't think I would be okay being called a child if I was between 16 and 18. And it's just, it's not accurate. I mean, if there was, I'm guessing, if there was someone under that age, they would probably call social services. And nonetheless, if, uh, if someone, you know, a 16-year-old is going to be using substances, wouldn't you rather they do it at Insight, where they, you know, won't die? Instead of in a less safer environment, surrounded by... Who knows? Strangers? Or, mm. I mean, people at Insight are strangers, but at least if they needed to ask for help, they the people working there would have resources available. Well, yeah. And, and referrals. Re referrals, I don't think, but, I mean, can show them how to do it safely and can, if they show signs of ODing, can alert Prevent emergency. Them from dying. Yeah, so... There, yeah, let me just throw some facts about those ODs. Um, yes, so uh, according to Insight Supervisor Russ Maynard, the Vancouver Center sees more than 800 people come through its doors daily. Of the more than 1.5 million supervised injections since it opened, the site's operators say that there have been approximately 2,400 overdoses, but none of them have ended in death because there's been because they were supervised and they got help in time. And I just have to say, when you work in sort of social services for this population, you see a lot of death. For overdoses are one, and also infections that occur because of, you know, these, this group isn't really accessing healthcare or clean equipment. And you really, you don't see, I mean, there's sort of a death of someone who's addicted to drugs doesn't draw a lot of attention and that sort of thing, but it happens so much. And you sort of all these ideas of, you know, ideology to do with drug use just sort of gets thrown out the window for your desire for the practicality and pragmatism of things that will stop death. And, and then you go even further, I mean, think of stuff like suicides and how 
organizations like this, there's counseling right avail available, or just someone who gives a shit, who's right there, who you don't have to wait a whole bunch of like months and months to see. It's mm -hmm. like a first step in getting help. There's a documentary available if you want to watch it on, which I think you can access through CBC, mm -hmm. about Insight. I believe it's called Staying Alive. Um, yeah, it's called Staying Alive. It's about 45 minutes long. And, and you, I promise it includes no disco dancing. <laughs> and you get to go inside Insight and see exactly what the services are like and what people are doing. And the guy who runs it is so humane and kind. And he does like what how Alex says. He gives a shit about all these people's lives. And you ask yourself, like, well, why would he? But, I mean, he's devoted himself entirely to this. And he sees... The number one thing he has going for him is that he sees each of these people using Insight Services, first of all, as human beings before drug users and before addicts, mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's hard for a lot of people to do, but that's the reality of it. Like, people aren't born drug users, just as people aren't born well golfers, just as people aren't <laughs> born, you know, with labels. People aren't born with labels, and so you have to well, see them first as humans. You, well, yes. Mm -hmm. I was just going to say the issue of prenatal substance abuse, but we'll do that on another yeah, that's podcast. That's a separate, yeah. um, I actually did my final paper for child protection on that. Anyways, <laughs> um, and so back to the whole uh, hearing. They, I'm, I felt pretty optimistic when I saw the hearing because there was one time they were sort of saying things like, oh, Insight has only operated for this long because it's a study to research how it would go. And one of the judges was like, oh, I I'm paraphrasing, I'm not quoting directly, mm -hmm. but she's like, and the research showed that it worked. And exactly. then whole, you know, courtroom went silent. And uh, I don't think the BC government, who's currently funding Insight, I don't think they've been complaining with the amount of money they're spending. It says that they... Their budget is about two point nine million a year. That goes towards Insight, and I mean, it's the federal government who well, first had a problem with it, not the and BC it's, government. Well, and it's saving money in the long run if you look at it like that. But anyways, then there was another moment uh, when oh well, the real women who are saying, <laughs> you know, a first-time user could come and take their first shot of heroin, and oh my God, save the children. Well, I, I again paraphrasing and there was you know they were like is there any evidence that this has happened yeah uh no if anything i think a whatever a 16 year old or anything if they wanted to if they had the um idea of going to insight for their first drug use like you know which first of all they would have to come in with their own drugs but if they had that idea i'm pretty sure that the harsh reality of substance abuse or substance abuse would hit home once they came into Insight. I just, I just, I'm really, I, you know, it wasn't that long. I, five, oh, I feel old. Five <laughs> years since I've been 16. And I really can't, I mean, obviously I didn't use drugs, but the environment of a medical setting, I, I just don't see how that would be appealing to a young person. Exactly. I mean, when you're in an experimentative stage, however long, that part of your life is or whether it happens and then you stop and then it happens again I mean you're most likely not gonna say 
if you're if it starts sometimes begins as a social thing and you're most likely not going to say to your friends let's go do it at um insight because they can you know because it's let's have nurses it's a party atmosphere yeah and like yeah, I don't think so. I mean, they do have comfortable couches, <laughs> but <laughs> well, no. But in the injecting room, point. it's very sterile. It's like a mirrored booth, and on a not a very cozy. Like it's, it's like you go in, you do it, and you leave. No, you. There's a chill out room. There's, but it's so. It's not a social fun sort of thing. Well, at least my impression, and I mean, it would be almost like. It's a little like going to a doctor's appointment in some ways. Yeah. With doing it in that way. Like going to your family doctor and saying, I really would feel more comfortable if I could, you know, snort cocaine here. (laughs) It just, it doesn't, like, anyways, that argument is flawed in a lot of ways, as most of our listeners, I believe, know. So, so it was Leona Aglouka, Canada's health minister, who said, that the government wants to prevent people, particularly youth, from becoming drug addicts in the first place. And we just counter that by saying it's very unlikely and unrealistic and a little foolish to think that youth are going to go to Insight for their first drug experience. Well, and that and that you can just... Oh, because obviously our prevention programs have worked so well that they're just going to stop all youth from using insight or using drugs mm-hmm. in general. I mean, but that's the whole idea of harm reduction is recognizing that drug use is going to exist and has existed and that if we criminalize people it really doesn't do a hell of a lot to deter them it just puts them at you know further marginalizes people who get hurt by it yeah and by the by the um, federal government trying to do this they're turning this issue this health issue into a political issue which just further marginalizes the population well it's always a political it's always a political the personal is political but Anyways, it's interesting that we sort of say that because Insight is operated under Section 56 of the Controlled Drugs and Substance Acts, mm-hmm. which is uh, is sort of the exception part where, and that's how needle exchanges and all that and Insight can run because the uh, because in that case the con- uh, criminalization would actually harm, well, I mean, arguably criminalization always is more harmful than good, but mm-hmm. especially in that case when you're preventing, you know, people from getting health care or you're making, distributing paraphernalia, quote-unquote, or harm reduction supplies illegal, then that would just be counterproductive. And it's funny, when we were at the, when I was at the Insight trial, they really brought up, like, what good is going to come of that, of insight, like, closing down. Do you have any proof that that'll have any positive effects? Yeah, and who is it going to affect positively? Just people who think that insight is immoral? Like, people who are afraid for their children? And, uh, oh, it was, okay, sort of back to the save the children thing. We'll put a picture of this on our blog. But we were at Thrifty's Grocery Store today, 
and we saw a little donation box with <laughs> two, you know, preteens with scrubbed happy faces, both white, of course. Yeah, and one, one kid with braces, the other with both with blonde hair. Beautiful long hair. Oh, I know, think the nice blonde clothes. might have had. And their little golden retriever puppy. Fluff, very fluffy. Mm-hmm. And Adorable. It was donate to save a child's life, which, for one, at first you're like, okay, well, I mean, and then you're like, what is this about? The Chris, the Prevent Crystal Meth Society, right huh? underneath, and we were so confused. We we're like, what does the prevent? You know, what does this have to do at all? Like, these kids are probably the least likely to get to um, be exposed to crystal meth. <laughs> I mean. They're, they look very happy, they're smiling, they have a little dog. And... They so, seem privileged. And if they and if they do get hooked on crystal meth, then at least they can, you know, go to treatment in the States. There's some... And I went on the website and I couldn't really understand how exactly they're preventing crystal meth use. Maybe if it was like... It's sort of... Or maybe I, if it was money being raised to treat crystal meth users and educate children and youth about it, but, I mean, that would but be a lot I more But think, I think they do beneficial. do education, quote-unquote, but, you know, the whole fear tactics. And mm. On the website, every time meth is, the word meth is uh, written, it's capitalized, so it's like, meth! <laughs> it's going to kill you! Meth! <laughs> Anyways, that's what it's like. It'll get your little lab puppy. It will It will go and torture puppies. <laughs> That's what crystal meth users do. <laughs> uh, that, intent, that statement was not intended to be factual. No. Um, anyways, we... Where were we? Well, about talking again about the ridiculousness of... Um, the... the the connection between shutting down insight and saving children's lives. Yeah. <laughs> and... I mean, I think insight is a great example. Um, I mean, it wouldn't be... I don't think it's time for schools to have field trips going to insight. Well, perhaps. I would be totally um, into that, but... But, you know, maybe having... Well, I know in my high school we had... Um, former drug users or who overcame their addictions come and talk to us. But, I mean, I think Insight is a great example of how we can move forward in, you know, our public health and create more um, more sites like this, more safe supervised injection sites and, you know, how like clean needle exchanges and stuff all over the country because it just proves that, I mean, it's, it's a step forward instead of a step backwards, which would be criminalizing people and sending them, sending them to jail, you know. And I remember hearing the argument, I believe it was Tony Clement that said that, that every dollar spent, you know, towards insight is a dollar taken away from treatment and blah, blah, blah. And I was just thinking, no. They only have like... spent about three million a year on insight. And I mean, that's every dollar you every dollar to... you spent more realistically would be every dollar you spent on enforcement and incarceration. Exactly, a dollar taken away it's from three treatment. million taken away from enforcement uh, from incarceration, which we really don't need to. Put which any is more kind money of in. like anti-treatment. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, I do. I'm not. You know, I do agree. Yeah, we need more treatment available. 
and we need different types of treatment except for the whole, you know, 12 step models and we need ones that are specific for women and we need more support in rural areas. There's a lot of need out there and I don't disagree with that. But saying that harm reduction services somehow are taking away from that is completely false. Because if anything, people who support harm reduction are going to support treatment. And using it as, you know, us not caring about that is just ludicrous. Mm -hmm. So, where do we stand? Um, well, number one, insight saves lives. Well, no, so I'm, right I'm, I'm, I'm sort of talking about where the trial, the hearing stands. At. Oh yeah, the end conclusion. Well, they didn't really come to a no. Final well, no, conclusion. they're not going to for months or weeks or a, a long time. Oh, for quite a while. And. Which isn't a bad thing. I mean, the the government uh, really wants it to be added to their like um, to their tough on crime agenda. I believe, like they, you know. I, but I hope I don't, that's anyways, not going to happen. Towards the end of the of the hearings that I was listening to, I had to leave eventually because it stopped sounding like English. It's, and I mean, this is what happens with uh, Supreme Court cases: is it's the the little tiny like interpretations of section 12 uh, I mean that's not the actual <laughs> but the very minute details that really don't have anything to do with the case at large mm -hmm. but is what they're fighting about and it's very it's frustrating that the trial went this long when as we believe it shouldn't be you know, whether or not we have insight, it should be a question of how much we're going to expand it, you know? Yeah. And so... It should be on... The question should be, yeah, but how we're going to influence, like, our own um, provincial government, like, first Ontario, and then the other provincial governments all across the country, how to implement this similar, you know, programs. Uh-huh. And, you know, the, as far as future outcomes of this, I mean, of course, the one thing that we really are hoping for is that Insight will remain open. Mm -hmm. But even a better thing would be for them to decide, you know, in the case of supervised injection sites, yeah, that, that is a life-saving and actually say something about that and then have it made so other supervised injection sites across the country can be opened. I mean, we're here in Victoria, they're lobbying for one, could really use one in Ottawa and Toronto. They're already, I don't, I haven't heard any recent news, but the ones in Quebec City and Montreal are planning on opening and, you know, we're all for it because we really need more of them. So I'm hoping that they'll step up and recognize this and move towards a, you know, healthier country. Here, here. <laughs> <laughs> and hmm. as for future <clears throat> podcast topics, what do we have in mind? 
what do we have? In, we really should have talked about this before we started recording. <laughs> but oh well, that's us. Well, I do believe we have... Well, there is a um, harm reduction... Well, a couple harm reduction conferences coming up. There's going to be one in Edmonton. On June 1st and 2nd. Yes. Why do you sound <laughs> a little bit... Nervous. <laughs> because I will be presenting. Hey, did you hear that? Alex is going to be presenting at the conference. To represent CSSPP. Represent! Represent! And the first time I've done anything like that before, there's going to be people who's, who have been, you know, in the field for a long time. There's There's going to be doctors there! Come on, you've been in it for six months. That is a long time <laughs> compared to someone who's been in it for two days. Oh, yay! <laughs> no, I, I am excited, and I do realize that as much as I'm insecure about the fact that, you know, I'm 21 and I'm a student and what the hell do I know? But, you know, coming that lens isn't less, that perspective isn't less valuable, it's just different. And hopefully, I won't screw up or have a nervous breakdown You'll be or anything great. like that. But it's a very exciting opportunity. So, anyways, and then there's also a harm reduction conference in Ottawa. Exciting on July thirteenth to fifteenth, and it's a bit pricey. How much is it? I don't even want to say. <laughs> well, you can look it up. I think it's around two hundred something. Go, yeah. Anyways, me and Priya are volunteering there. So but we we'll can... be volunteering, so we'll be sharing all that we have, um, you know, everything we experienced there. All the knowledge. All the knowledge we would pass on. Do you think the knowledge on. is, like, copyrighted? They'd be like, no, no they have way. to pay for it. Knowledge has to be shared. No, we are going to be attending, which we're both really excited about, and volunteering, so... Hey, even if you don't pay for the conference, you can come and say hi and then go home. <laughs> Sounds good. And you can have our autographs. So perhaps our some of our future podcasts this summer will be about... I remember we wanted to do one about, like, um, psychoactive substances. Yes, we did. We Oh, let, should we talk about the shrooms? Oh, yeah. We weren't some, doing shrooms. No, we weren't doing shrooms. Um... But well, uh, some grow here naturally friend, in Victoria, BC, on a, a golf course. A friend of my dad's is really into mushroom identification. Anyways, a <laughs> golf buddy of my dad's, and he's like, there's some right there growing on the golf course. And anyways, we've been making mushroom jokes for the past few days. Yes. Yeah. We've also been singing songs from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but that's neither here nor there. No. It is a great movie, though. It is. I do recommend it. Come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Anyways. Take a look, and you'll see into your imagination. Meh. And I know that we wanted to do one about drug education and we apologize for not getting on that sooner. We are waiting for 
uh, to do an interview. And oh, we unfortunately, our microphone got damaged in transport. So, so this episode might be a little bit quiet, but just turn the volume up. You know, turn it quiet. full blast so that your neighbors can hear too. <laughs> <laughs> and it also, the sound quality may not be as good, but thankfully, you know, we'll hopefully get it fixed. And oh, I don't want to, I hope that the warranty covers it. I really liked that microphone. <laughs> and uh, we want to, what else? I think one about Noxalon training would be cool. Am I pronouncing it right? Noxalon? Noxalon? Yeah. What is that? Okay, we obviously need to do a podcast okay, on that. Okay, we'll do a podcast on that. So, you know, probably within the next... No longer than two weeks from now will you hear another one from us. Yes. Because, you know, I hear over in Ottawa it's hot and muggy and we need to talk about drug policy, most especially when it's that hot and muggy, mm-hmm. to, get, to get away from it. And I'm doing my placement at CSSDP, which is very exciting, awesome opportunity, and, you know, Working and editing podcasts counts for my placement hours. Yay! So wonderful. So yeah, and stay tuned. Check out the CSSTP website in the next little while and our YouTube channel for some really awesome videos. Yes, you. That will be made by Alex Rowan. Yes. One especially is an interview with um, Dean Wilson. Well, the Dean Wilson who was at the Supreme Court. He was the plaintiff, and you know, person whose life was. Life was really saved by Insight, so mm-hmm. very interesting. He's been clean for a few years now. Uh, I don't know if it's a few years, but anyways. Well, but he, you know, Insight benefited. And him I don't a lot. even. I don't and like it the. Like I don't the like the word "clean." Like, it, oh, it, been it, it sort of makes it. I mean, I know you're not using it in like not purposely, but like clean as opposed to dirty yeah yeah it's kind of like that drug users are dirty and unclean and that sort of thing it's like no mm. i guess yeah that's a problematic but he's been he benefited from the from services at insight and he just simply by not being dead he's benefiting exactly exactly so he's an example and his interview is really good so stay tuned for that and really amazing because i just sort of walked up and like Spur of, well, not spur of the moment. I planned it. He didn't to go up and ask him for an interview. And he was also hungry for lunch and all that and had just been, you know, waiting all morning for to say something. But, but he, uh, he did a really beautiful interview, right? Uh, yeah. And hope you enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. So, from Victoria, B.C., we remind you to be sensible and stay stay sensible. sensible. Bye, guys.